Deep in the woods there seems to be monsters and unexplained things lurking just outside of your eyesight. Places that you thought were safe havens away from people turned out to be more dangerous than you could ever imagine. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true deep woods horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. Joining me today is my good friend, Miss Creepy Tales. I shared her not too long ago on my community tab, and I think she has a great voice. If you enjoy her, be sure to subscribe and check her out. You can find the link to do so in the description down below. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true Deep Woods Horror Stories that'll keep you up tonight. So, this is just some kind of background. I live in central Kentucky, in a very wooded area. Our school is in a clearing of woods, with woods on both sides, and a playground. If you venture about a half mile into the woods, there is a cave that most of the kids in my high school have explored. Okay, now to the story. It was close to around 10.30pm. Me and my friends decided that we would go to the playground as it was just an outgoing hangout spot. We were talking for a while, when suddenly, I got chills and heard a scream. It sounded like it came from the direction of the cave. I turned to my friend, we'll call him A, and asked him if he heard it as well. He said he had, but he did not hear it very well, so he couldn't tell what it was. My other friend R told me and A that it was probably just someone's car tires and not to worry. So, now slightly more on edge, we continued our conversations. About 15 minutes later, we all just stopped talking and got chills at the exact same time. A feeling of complete dread and blatant wrongness shot through all of us. R started walking towards the woods to get out. I yelled and said that we need to get as far away from here as quickly as possible and stay in the light. We ran along with the school building, and when we got close to the parking lot, the parking lot is uphill, adjacent to the parking lot and next to the woods. We decided to stop running and take a breather. Again, we got the feeling that something was utterly wrong. Then suddenly, the crickets and tree frogs all stopped chirping, and whatever it was, screamed again. But this time, it sounded like it was right next to the playground. All of us heard it, and we agreed it did not sound like a human or any of the animals in the area. It made us feel like there was ice shooting through our veins. We ran to my car and hopped in. I locked the doors as soon as I could. I tried to start the car, and it did not want to start right away. I had to crank it once or twice. I've never had this issue before. Once the car started and we drove away, the school zone light outside the parking lot started flashing red. We drove anyway and made it into town and the lights in the courthouse went out. We were very spooked 
and decided just to go to the house. I still do not know what it was we heard, but it set all of us on edge. Because of how the car acted and how the lights went out out of nowhere, I think whatever that thing was manipulated all of that. Whatever it was, it was up to no good. I was 14 years old and a female, and a close family friend who went to college nearby was staying with us for winter break. She still had an assignment to turn in for her photography class, so we decided to take some snowy nature pictures of my parents' woods. Our property is out in the country, and is about five acres, shaped like a skinny line. It's mostly woods with a trail that runs through it, but the trail is difficult to access from our backyard because of a very steep, 30-foot drop into a stream right behind the house. The house is at one end of the property, and you have to walk all five acres up by the road and around thick woods just to cross the stream and get to the trailhead on the other end of the property. Poorly designed, I know. So, we're in the thick of the woods near my house, and I'm just waiting for her to finish when I notice movement behind a tree nearby. It's the dead of winter, so anything that isn't a bare tree mud, or snow really catches your eye, and what I saw was a bright blue jacket poking out. It was about 10 feet behind blue guy. I see either a youth or a very short man standing and staring at us. We can't see their faces very well because they were all bundled up to the max with hats and scarves, but blue dude was definitely a grown man. I get my friend's attention and we call out the classic horror movie, Hello? Unsurprisingly, we receive no reply. We're both already paranoid people, so we look at each other and silently agree to get out of there. We started walking away, and Blue Bud and company abandon their hideaway trees and follow us. We don't have cell reception out there, of course, and it's dumb because geographically, we were close to my house, but between the thickness of the underbrush low trees, in the cliff into the freezing water. Our only option was to walk the five acres of path in the opposite direction of my house, to then reach the road and walk another five acres back. Realizing that we were actually being followed, we start to run. Surprise, Bluetooth, Blue Jacket Man, and Short Stuff, the short guy, run after us. I have asthma, that's, at the moment, being exacerbated by both exercise and anxiety. Feeling certain that we would be murdered and our families would never know what happened to us, I started having either a panic attack or an asthma attack or maybe even both. I keep looking back to see how much distance was closing in between us. We had a head start, but they were undoubtedly faster, getting within maybe 30 or 40 feet of us. Eventually, I look back and notice the Stuart little guy had disappeared which makes me panic even more. It's like when you see a spider on your bed and lose it. You know it's still there, but you don't know where. I was terrified that he was on the trail somewhere, or maybe knew of something that I wouldn't. Maybe he knew of a shortcut that would let him go through the thick of the woods and pop out as we circled back to the house. If you've ever had a dream where you're terrified but you can't scream or move, that's what this felt like. My legs felt like lead, especially running in the snow with snow boots in a snowsuit. My airway was closing up. I honestly don't know how I made it to the road, but I did. 
Once there, we paused to look back to see that Blue's clues had stopped as soon as we reached the clearing. I can only imagine this was because now there were possible witnesses around. We felt much safer but still ran home. I obsessively checked to make sure we weren't being followed. Once home, we frantically told my parents, who I guess just brushed it off and definitely thought we were overreacting. So nothing ever became of it aside from my friends and I feeling crazy and me being terrified of my backyard from then on. About nine years later, any time that I'm at that house, I still check to make sure there isn't a blue jacket sticking out from behind a tree in the backyard. To me, their complete silence made it even more scarier, because if they had good intentions, why would they not even say something like, hey, it's just your neighbor, I need to tell you something? Even with bad intentions, why wouldn't they try to convince us that we were safe? Did they not want to risk anyone hearing us yell? Let me know your theories. But I knew in my gut that they did not have good intentions as soon as I saw them trying to sneak up on us. I moved from Idaho to Alaska about two months ago, and I already have experienced something I never thought I would ever experience. After taking a week to recover from a five-day trek across Canada on the Alaska Highway, I had decided I was going to get out and explore the wilderness of my new home state and try to catch a glimpse of the wildlife such as moose and bears. The house I am renting is on the outskirts of the nearest town, so I basically live right in the middle of the forest and have access to miles of dense woods. I still don't know what I had been thinking when I decided to go into the woods without anything but my phone, which at that time didn't get service in Alaska, and some earbuds. I began by running at a medium pace into the woods, hopping over bushes and branches while jamming out to some shaky graves. I had probably gone through about five songs when my shoelace got hooked on a fallen tree and I was thrown to the ground face first. I immediately got back up, swore out of irritation, and began to put my earbuds back in. When I realized, I had no idea where I was. At some point, I had lost my sense of direction and had only but a faint idea as to which direction I had come from. I started to run the way I thought I had come from when I began to panic and second-guess myself when I realized I should have come out into my backyard ages ago. I didn't want to panic because I knew that it would make everything worse if I did and I started to try and pinpoint the right direction. Of course, I eventually realized that I was hopelessly and utterly lost without the slightest indication of which way would bring me to some sort of civilization. After a few brief moments of cursing and groaning, I decided to follow my gut and go into the direction I thought would possibly lead me home. I started running at full speed, hoping to break the tree line in a matter of minutes, when something on the ground caught my eye. It was a backpack. I stopped instantly and looked around for a person or a campsite 
but there was nothing I could see from the spot I was at, which was situated at the bottom of a small hill. The bag looked as if it had been abandoned for a few days at least, but was slightly damp from the rain earlier that morning. I kneeled down and picked the bag up, resting it against my knees. It had a heavy weight to it when I moved it, so I knew that there was something inside. Looking back now, I remember the dark feeling I had got in my chest right before I had unzipped the main part of the backpack. Inside there were bags of what I immediately knew was an assortment of illegal drugs and items used to administer them. I quickly stood up and took a step back. I had such a powerful feeling of dread that I felt like I was in imminent danger. I just wanted to get out of there and find my way home so I started to run again up to the top of the hill. I was hit with a wave of excitement when I saw a house at the bottom that was buried in the trees. I had begun to make a start for it when something in my head told me to stop. The thought entered my mind that what I had just discovered was awfully close to this house. I wanted so badly to be out of the woods and find some sort of civilization, but something told me that it wasn't safe. I ran away from the house along the tree line, hoping that I would possibly stumble upon another house. After 10 to 15 minutes, I stumbled into a neighborhood of sorts and asked a man working in his yard for directions. He was kind enough to drive me home and assure me that everybody gets lost in Alaska at some point. As soon as I got home, I showered and chugged some water and then immediately called the police to report what I had seen. However, due to the fact that I had no idea where I was and I couldn't tell them where to find the drugs or where the house was, so my report was basically useless. I just would have felt guilty if I hadn't at least said something. I've driven all over the area, down different roads trying to find the house, but I never have. It's probably for the best though, because I don't want to get caught up in something that I shouldn't be. I'm glad I had listened to my gut and kept running from that house because people in possession of such a large amount of illegal drugs can be extremely dangerous. My name is LJ. The story I am writing to you is completely real. I was 17 years old. My best friend Steven was 18. We went camping in Traverse City, Michigan, a place we spent most of our lives growing up. We both were experienced campers and had hunted from a fairly early age. Steven and I had taken his car and both brought tents. We did not drink or take any drugs. It was not our scene. We drove quite a few miles off this beaten two track and found a nice spot in a heavily wooded area. There was a perfect opening just big enough for our tents and a safe, decent-sized fire. We backed up his car and unpacked our gear. We quickly set up camp and had an awesome first night. Lots of soda and food, 
decent temperature for late spring. However, it was the second night where we had the scariest experience of our lives. Stephen and I had hiked around for the day and gathered firewood for the fire we would have tonight. After a long day of hiking and exploring, we were both tired and cooked some hot dogs over the fire. We talked stories and shared a few good laughs reminiscing about the good old days of our hunting adventures. Stephen retreated to his tent, and I soon followed, stoking the fire up beforehand. Just when I was about to pass out, the fire went out. I put on my boots and grabbed a flashlight and a lighter, fully prepared to relight the fire. I opened my tent and could smell a faint odor that stung my nose. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up immediately. I could not believe my eyes. Laying on the fire was a carcass of a deer, ripped up in the middle and covered in deep claw marks and bite marks. It looked like something from a horror movie. I called out to my best friend. Stephen came out of his tent groggily and was greeted by the shock on my face and the stench and the ungodly sight of the deer. He grabbed his sidearm and we rushed to his car. We turned it on and turned on his lights. The horror of what I saw consumed me. About 150 feet in front of the car stood a figure roughly seven and a half feet tall. Its body was wiry and dark. It had scraggly long shaggy hair. Its eyes glowed a deep yellow and its teeth were needle-like and sharp. It had antlers extending from its hair. It looked like some sort of horror amalgamation. Shell-shocked by what I saw, Stephen pulled his 45 out and shot seven rounds into this creature. It howled the most blood-curdling scream I have ever heard. Then it smiled, revealing a wicked grin with needle-like teeth. It started walking towards us. With every step, its eyes glowed a deeper, more entrancing yellow. With every round hitting it, I saw black puffs come off of it. Stephen was petrified. He threw the gun in the car, and we sped off like bats out of hell. We locked ourselves in his room, back to back, each with loaded rifles. I did not go back in the woods for months. Stephen went back the next morning with his rifle. I honestly begged him not to. I went home and did not leave for at least a week. He said when he went back, our tents had been destroyed, and the deer carcass was dragged deep into the wilderness. Eventually, the drag marks just disappeared, and there was nothing to track anymore. Stephen refuses to talk about that night. I never go into the woods without at least my knife and a firearm. I never have been so scared in my life. The accounts of this story are true, and were experienced by me and four friends in the deep woods of north-central Minnesota. In June of 2017, four friends and I decided to take a trip to northern Minnesota for a week. We had Airbnbs, a cabin on a lake far away from the other cabins, as we wanted to get away from people and just enjoy our vacation. This event is like something straight out of a cabin in the woods kind of story. The nearest town was about 15 miles away, and had a population of around 130 people. There was a holiday gas station that sold some groceries and lots of fishing gear and beer. 
being 23 years old, we all loaded up on beer and cheap hot dogs. The cabin was alright, and there were some creepy aspects about it. In the living room, there were troll dolls under glass which immediately gave me the creeps, as it would for most people. The first day was fine. We grilled, drank, and smoked cigars like we were kings. Day two, we went to a bigger city and bought lots of actual groceries for the week. The night of day two, though, some sketchy, creepy things started to happen. My friend and his girlfriend had gone to bed, and us three remaining friends decided to stay up for a bit. Around 11pm, we had started to hear what sounded like a woman laughing outside in the backyard of the cabin. This was spooky, but being on a lake, sound can travel a long way, so I didn't let it bother me too, too much. It was when we started seeing what looked like lights in the woods that I started to lose my cool. Now, I am certain we were the only ones on that side of the lake, and this cabin was down a trail that led from the main road to the cabin. This trail was probably no shorter than one-fourth of a mile, or maybe even longer. It had a real spooky-looking cabin full of boxes and bicycles along the trail as well. So, we knew that there is no way that anyone was over on our side of the lake. The next thing we knew, the laughing turned to what sounded like muffled words spoken by a woman who smoked for 40 years. That got all three of us spooked enough that we were becoming a little panicked, as the van we drove was a two-wheel drive, and it had been raining all day and night. The trail had a steep grade leading down to the cabin, and I knew this thing would not make it up the hill, even if we had to make a run for it. Now, I'm not scared easily. I've been camping and hiking in northern Minnesota since I was a young boy. I can handle myself in the woods, but this was not just some bear or wolf in the woods. This was something that I've never heard before. At this point, it was probably one in the morning. We had our eyes glued to the windows that overlooked the lake. The moon had come out after the rain had stopped, so there was this eerie glow that gave the pines an eerie look. My friend and I were looking outside. The other friend was so freaked out he was basically laying on the couch with his eyes closed. We heard what sounded like a kayak being tipped over, and I quickly flipped on what I thought was the outside porch light, but was really just the light for the living room. With the lights off in the living room, we had a much better view of outside, and I saw what I can only describe as an 8 to 12 foot tall lanky black figure with unnaturally long arms walking across the yard against the backdrop of the moonlit lake. Without even thinking, I flipped the living room light on and my friend who was looking outside with me said, turn the light off. So I did and I asked him, dude, please tell me you did not see what I think I saw. He said he saw it and we immediately started swearing and shaking. Not just shivering shaking, but proper trembling. My friend quickly ran to his bag and grabbed his 9mm that he has. I believe he has a concealed carry for it, not that it matters for the story anyway. If this thing comes after us, I'm going to shoot it. At that point, I only had a knife which I had a death grip on. I started to become angry, as you know this was a vacation we came here to have fun and just to enjoy life. I remember telling my friends, if this thing is going to come after us, I'd rather see it coming and face it than stay hiding in the cabin just waiting for something to happen. I went out to the front porch with my knife, in my hand, and a flashlight. I made a quick scan of the tree line and saw nothing. Soon, both of my friends that were awake joined me on the deck. We had no cell phone reception up there, 
the Wi-Fi barely worked. So, if we needed to call someone, we had to stand in the corner of the deck and maybe, just maybe we could get a text message sent in less than a minute. So, that is what we did. We took turns sending messages to people we knew, saying that some not so cool things were happening and that we would be coming back in the morning, which was an eight hour drive. So until the sun started to rise, we chain smoked cigarettes standing on the deck, basically back to back just waiting for what we thought was the Wendigo to come get us. Now, I know this was long and may not exactly sound believable, but trust me for those of us who were there, we have not forgotten that night. We were 20 something year old guys that loved each other and would never forget that night. To this day, it is the scariest thing that has ever happened to any of us. We all agreed we would never, ever go back to that part of Minnesota. Now, to all who say this is just a story, I must tell you this. I will be the first to announce any ghost story. I am not religious, and I do not believe anything that goes bump in the night. But, I know what I saw, and I cannot explain it. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true Deep Woods Horror Stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, whether it's a Deep Woods story or something else, please be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp, and stories like yours that help keep this show going. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton in the YouTube algorithm. If you're listening on iTunes or another podcast platform, please give the show a 5-star rating as that truly helps us grow. It's really appreciated. If you guys would like to support the channel outside of hitting that like button and subscribing, maybe check out the merch store. I have everything from t-shirts to face masks to hoodies and all kinds of cool stuff. If you guys are not aware and don't have YouTube Premium, you can download and bring your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories with you everywhere you go. You can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. Much thanks and appreciation to my friend Miss Creepy Tales who helped me read story number three. If you enjoyed her voice and want to find more scary stories to keep you up at night, please check out her channel. You can find the link to do so in the top of the description down below. I truly think she deserves more subscribers and more viewership. She has a great unique voice that I don't think you hear too much in horror, and we can always use more diverse, eclectic voices in the community. Anyways, thank you guys so much for supporting the swamp the way you do, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.